What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we are back to talk about the UFC 298 pay-per-view going down this weekend from Anaheim, California. 12-fight pay-per-view card headlined by the featherweight championship between Alexander Volkanovsky and Ilya Teporia. Pretty solid main event. Good main card, uh, some decent prelims, but um, some good bets to be made as always. So I'm excited to break down all these fights and talk bets with my man, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? What's good, dog? Uh, second pay-per-view of the year. We're back on American soil. Got out of that, you know, bum-ass country of China, or not China, Canada, which is becoming basically China. Basically the same thing, yeah, yeah. Basically the same thing. And their UFC results are almost the same as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. they got, you know, they they got, the, you know, crap kicked into them. You know, yes, we're not we're not turning the page actually. So yeah, we're bringing up their futile record and uh, how you got dominated by Jimmy Flick. Um, but but yeah, so last event we had unfortunately one of our Northeast boys in Joe Pfeiffer not be able to uh to finish off that fight, finish off those later rounds. And, and I thought Wells. that fight was yeah, and Wells. But I just thought that five round fight was a, a a great testament to you know the uh, the difference of MMA fights that you know are three rounds, MMA fights that are five rounds, and then also uh, when you have one guy who's been five rounds, right? So the other layer on top of that. So it's definitely a big variable, a big equaling you know factor that should never be ignored. I did ignore it a little bit. I didn't bet Joe Pfeiffer, but you know. Lost opportunity there for sure. Where Jack the Joker? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised at how quickly that fight turned. You know, obviously, I was watching and I saw that uh, Jack was taking over, but man, I didn't expect it to be you know that significant and, and dominant. I mean, the the second the third round started, it was you know, 90% Jack traffic going forward. So that was an impressive win. But like you said, you know, valuable five-round experience for Piper. I thought all things considered, you know, it was a decent showing. I mean, he didn't gas out. He didn't get finished. He didn't get really dominated at any point. So, you know, it was a good loss to take, honestly. Um, I just don't, uh, this guy, his attitude afterwards, I mean, he seems, I don't know, uh, very, very uh, bearish on the rest of his career. And Jeremiah Wells, I would be content with never seeing him fight again. I mean, this dude, this dude, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can be a pro for this long, almost 10 years. And you, every time he lands a punch, he goes fucking berserk, like a kid in a schoolyard fight where he is just going as hard as he can and throwing no technique. His feet are slipping and sliding all over the place. It's, it's bad. And if they haven't fixed it by now, it's not going to be fixed. So not, not a, not a big fan yeah. of that performance of his. The good Hidolfo Vieira, amazing arm triangle victory as predicted. We we finally got that fight uh, in the books and and, and completed. And that Michael Johnson, Michael Johnson, mm-hmm. Michael J- D one Johnson was in that was an insane fight by him. I was very confident. Should have been a max bomb, honestly. But that 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 was pretty good. I mean, Michael Johnson looked very agile in there, and I think the only logical next step is a. Uh, Rematch with Tony Ferguson. Rematch of a fight, Martian, that I was at live. My first ever UFC event that I've ever gone, that I ever went to. I think the main event was Jim Miller versus Nate Diaz in the, I think, I don't, I don't know if it was Prudential or somewhere else, IZOD Center. I don't know what they used to call it back then. But the tickets were like $8. Right. And I saw, that's what it was, right? Yeah, and I saw Nate D, or um, 
Tony Ferguson lose that because I guess he said he broke his arm. He's always Ooh, got Alan Belcher versus Husmar Paharis. That was a legendary yeah, was a fight. Bang! Oh, bro, I was I was oiled up in in the stands, dude. I was leg lock defense. It was amazing, dude. I love. I think that was like right when I first was able to drink or something like that. It was it was fun. I had a great time. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I think that's a good rematch. To have. Michael well, Johnson. Technically, technically you would have been underage. So don't don't admit to a. Don't admit allegedly, 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 allegedly. That that yeah. that Belcher Paul Harris fight was like one of those classic fights where like the guy has a specialty and he trained the whole camp. It was just so dope. preparing for that specialty and he that doesn't happen anymore. I don't feel like that. That is one of the only things that Joe Rogan remembers like to a T. That's like one of the only <laughs> fights that yeah. he can he can he can he can uh, tell you that play by play, word for word, word for word, bar for bar. But uh, yeah, last week's card had some good stuff. Uh, Dan Ige getting the win. Uh, Emil getting the win. Protest. All, right, all the other out. fights suck, bro. Come on, let's go on to this pay per view. Tim Quamba really, really let down that performance. Sucks, Very winnable sucks. fight, but for Tim, but I, I, I don't even think he really tried his best there. Sucks. So Tim he'll, will he'll be, be back at one forty-five. He'll be back exactly. Um, Rodriguez and Tavares was a banger. That was a good one. But yeah, good, good fun card last week. Um. You know, I think my I think you probably got the better of the podcast reads overall. You know, I scraped by with some profit, you know, a couple of losers in there as well. But let's get into this week. We got 12 fights. We're starting things off at the top of the card, the main event. And, you know, let us know what you guys think about. Uh, I think I prefer starting at the top of the card, um, you know, but, uh, you know, drop a comment on if you prefer, you know, the, the, this way we're doing it now or you like the old way. And just, uh, you know, a thank you to everybody who's listening and uh, enjoying these podcasts. Hopefully, you guys are tailing some picks and winning some bets as well. So let's get into these fights. Volkanovski taking on Taporia for the belt. Really good fight here. A new fight. A deserving challenger in Taporia taking on the champ. Volkanovski minus 106, plus 106 on Taporia coming back. Two action on the fight. Most of the pre uh fight week action came in on Taporia and now that it's fight week uh Volkanovski started to get some buyback I'm a part of that buyback got in on him at minus 108 a little more at minus 112 uh but probably like a minus 109 average line for me for two units on Volkanovski here um you know I just think that Volkanovski has fought so much better competition he is so much more accustomed to these five rounds Taporia is a great fighter man this guy has proven me wrong several times and I mean his pocket boxing is is no joke I mean he we bet against him with Emmett and I mean he looked fantastic man he dropped Emmett he took Emmett down he outlanded Emmett he almost finished Emmett his cardio looked great in a five round fight and, you know, he answered a lot of questions in that fight. So Taporia is legit. And when the fight is in the boxing range, man, Taporia is going to be a problem for Volkanovski. I mean, Volkanovski has struggled in the pocket at times with, with Holloway, with Chad Mendez back in the day, gave him some trouble. And, you know, when it's in that boxing range, I think Taporia has a really good chance at, you know, winning the fight, maybe even knocking Volkanovski out. But Volkanovski is such a, an intelligent fighter. I don't think he's going to give Taporia that range. He's going to be staying on the outside. He's going to be kicking the legs, kicking the body, staying just outside that pocket range. And I think we're going to see a good amount of clinching and wrestling from uh, Volkanovski here. We saw it a lot in his last win versus Yair. Um, you know, obviously a much more noodly fighter, but Volkanovski just made that fight as easy as it could, man. Took him down, beat him up on the ground, showed that he is an incredible grappler, uh, throws a ton of ground and pound, is good at controlling opponents. And Taporia's fight against um, Bryce Mitchell is the one I think is the most relevant here because 
early on, Tapuria fought off some takedown attempts. But once we saw him get taken down, it was in the last minute around one of that fight. He kind of just accepted it. He laid on his back. He, um, you know, didn't, didn't really try to get up. Uh, now that could have been uh, Tapuria being like, you know, I just beat this guy up for four rounds. I already won the round. I'm not going to try to get up and give up my back. Let me just lay here for a minute, start the round over. Uh, but I just think that wasn't a super encouraging sign. And I think that Volkanovski could have some uh, top game success. And I expect that to come later in the fight. You know, maybe third, fourth, fifth round is when that Volkanovski grappling and championship caliber experience is going to take over. And I'm expecting a, a decision here. I don't know if Volkanovski will ever pour it on to find that finish. But I think it will be, you know, a either three to two, possibly probably four to one uh, victory for Alexander the Great here retaining his championship in a great, great fight, man. Looking forward to this one a lot. Um, you know, a lot of uh, there's not much animosity between these two. Ilya is very confident. Well, last thing I'll say, though, is even though I like Volkanovsky, Tapuria is immensely confident in himself. And some of these fans of MMA will hear like Tapuria. Tapuria will say, I think I'm going to beat Volkanovsky. And these guys will be like, oh, the nerve of this guy. This guy's so fucking cocky, bro. He's a he's a world championship caliber cage fighter. Of course, he's confident in himself. So, um. I don't, I don't fault Taporia for, you know, talking shit, being confident in himself. That's just what you got to do. And it's a great matchup, man. Can't wait for this one. Nice, nice uh, delve into, uh, you know, letting, psychology. you know, in, in, into the psychology of these elite athlete minds. We could always count on that from you, John Martian. No matter the stance that the fighter fights in, we always count on great reporting from you. Um, so, yeah, it's a very interesting fight. Um, you know, Volkanovski. Pound for pound, right? People always say one of the strongest guys, and obviously, you know, highly ranked, right? Everybody respects him regardless of weight class. So, last fight was at one one fifty five. Which, when you think about his style, his style is, you know, he's actually very movement based, right? He he he's a kickboxer who, uh, when you lock up and come in close with him, you know, he 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 lets off a pretty good, uh, strong punches. Uh, coming from that low stance, it's just a little bit hard to hit him clean. He's always kind of like leaning back. He's really good at kind of parrying punches, uh, countering. Uh, he's recently been able to kind of like move within a stance too. I think if you remember the the uh, hook that he caught um, Yair with was kind of like how he was switching from like, you know, from the uh, orthodox stance to, uh, to southpaw to counter. Um, he kicks to both, you know, the legs inside and outside. And I think that's going to be big for him here. I think he's going to be looking to jab, uh, use the, the kicks uh, to both sides of the legs. And eventually, I do think we'll probably see maybe a little bit of clinching in here um, because to Poria, when he is fresh and early on, the amount of uh, exchanges that he is willing to go into is a lot. And it can... Uh, I, you know, I, I can see why he thinks or he feels like there'll be a first round knockout because I think he is going to look to pursue, uh, some certain like boxing exchanges and Volkanovsky. I mean, anybody could get caught in a lot of those boxing exchanges if you're kind of allowing the other person to dictate. Um, and Tapori has a few good, you know, really good, uh, clean, clean punches. But from what I saw in the Emmett fight, I did feel that Emmett with a lot of the circling and the movement that he was doing was doing pretty well and was good at potentially drawing or wasn't able to draw as many of the strikes as uh, Taporia was throwing. Like Taporia just got his timing pretty well because Emmett, he doesn't really throw jabs. A lot of his punches are, are kind of like wind up and they're, they're like, uh, he's like moving around his shoulders and trying to get you with misdirection as opposed to using 
just, you know, direct strikes and kind of uh, put, put, putting you in the areas that he wants you to be with strikes. He tries to do it more with his own movement, like he did with Bryce. Like Bryce, he kind of like, he's looking this one way and then the, the punch hits him and he's like, oh man, like I, I'm not following him in my eyes. Point being, I think Volkanovski tactically has the advantage on the feet, has the tools to, to beat Taporia. And then I think if there is grappling later on in the fight or rounds, I like Volkanovski's strength and potential wrestling advantage uh, and conditioning as the fight wears on. So I got him, I bet him at minus 116, 117. And I think up to minus 130, I think you got some value still. Um, or maybe uh, Volkanovski by decision, I think could also be a good prop play. To, uh, that is plus, uh, what can we get on that? 255, 240, 275, some books. Yeah, I like that. I think fair value for that is definitely a little bit closer to plus uh, 200 um, Mm -hmm. because he's going to chip away, I feel, Volkanovski. You know, I feel that if there is a finish by him, it is later. But I I think that's an okay ticket to have in your pocket if you don't want to lay a little bit more juice on, uh, you know, the, the slight money on the money line. Yeah, I agree. Um, the last fight, uh, yeah, yeah, I took the late round props three, four, five. I understand maybe a slight stab on four, five here, um, but I don't. I think Taporia should be tough enough to make it to a decision. Um, I don't think you know Yair just got hurt on the feet and Volkanovski swarmed him for that finish. I don't think we're going to see a similar type of finish here, and I don't expect Taporia to completely gas either. So I think I think this one will hit the scorecards. Um, and it will be a Volkanovski decision. So we're seeing the fight pretty similar there. I like the word tactically, like that word you used. I just think that tactically, if Volkanovski gets his fight, he's going to you know, be the victor here. While Taporia requires a little more raw horsepower and athleticism. But man, cannot wait for that one. Cannot wait for this co-main event either in the Premier Division. Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. Odds for this one have Whitaker minus 244, Costa plus 209. Um, I just saw an interview with Whitaker where he said that he alluded to that he, if Costa doesn't make weight, he's going to fight somebody no matter what. He doesn't know what that means, but it seems there's a backup fighter in place. Um, so give us your thoughts on the oh. fight and, and the, who do you think that would be? Oh man, dude, I didn't hear this. This makes me so excited because when you obviously, when you have a fighter that you like and he's going against Paulo Costa, you know, you never know if the fight is going to happen, obviously. Um, so man, I'm pumped about that. I I I have no idea who it could be. I'm gonna try to think about it when after you go, and I'm gonna say who I think. But this fight, Whitaker looks extremely focused, looks in tremendous shape. Still is not over the hill. He's like born in like 1990. This guy is only like 33, 34. Has I mean he's been in a bunch of five rounders, but not too many crazy wars. So I think he has still has a, a lot left to give. I think the Drickus Drickus is just a lot of horsepower, very unorthodox. Um, here with Costa though. I feel that Whitaker is better, but I do feel that sometimes he, if he gets hit clean, it, it, he's not the best. I, I, I've never really don't recall him too many times, like getting really hurt and recovering. You know, I know the second Izzy fight, he did get dropped a little bit, but I just feel that if Costa does hurt him, uh, it, it potentially could end up in a finish. And I feel that there will be collisions here, but Costa has uh, traditionally been very durable. Um, so I, I do think that Robert Whitaker is going to win this fight. Um, and I, I agree with the steam move, but I just, I think this is not a, I don't know if it's like the best, if he, uh, 
you know, if he's anywhere close to how he looked against Rickus, I think he's going to have a hard time here. Um, because Costa, you know, later on in the fight, even at altitude, you know, he didn't look great, but he still has some power on his, his punches and stuff. But he's been out for a while. So Costa is just weird. I don't, uh, you know, uh, I understand why anyone would take the underdog shot, but I just can't bet against Robert Whitaker. Um, but I'm hoping, honestly, Costa doesn't make weight and, they, and we get in the fight. Hmm. Yeah, so think about who that could be. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing the fight a similar way. Obviously, Costa is weird. You just mentioned that. That's a great way of describing him. We're just weird fighter. Um, now, Whitaker is... You know, he's definitely a better fighter, a better striker than Polo Costa. Um, but you could probably would have assumed the same thing about DDP as well. I mean, he's certainly a better technical striker. But um, I think I think one thing that really happened in that fight that completely changed the fight is just the end of that first round. That first minute, DDP hits a little bit of like a hip throw and. He just rips through his guard, passes guard, just starts smashing punches. He cuts uh, Whitaker there. And I just think like that last minute of the round was so aggressive and effective by DDP that it made Whitaker think like, damn, this guy is a fucking wrecking ball. And I don't want to really be in here with him right now. And then that round two, you saw him just fighting a little more scared and he got hit hurt with the jab and put away. It's just not a good sign, I don't think, because uh, Whitaker shouldn't have been losing fights like that. I mean, he was obviously a huge favorite in that fight, um, and I just I just didn't expect that at all for Whitaker to lose that fight. And I think we might be getting to the point now where Whitaker is starting to lose to guys that he certainly wouldn't have lost to just a few years ago. And I think that Costa could give him some issues as well, um, because at the money line price of Co- uh, Whitaker over 70 percent, I just can't do it, man. I-, I think that Costa is the money line side. I actually have a bet on Costa. No scorecards at plus 130. That was available on DK. It seems it's down to. uh Minus 110 on bet online. Worst price on FanDuel as well. Because I just think if anyone's finishing this fight, I think it will be Costa. I don't expect the finish to happen. I do think it probably does go to the full 15 minutes because both guys are historically very durable. But I think, you know, lately, I think Whitaker is definitely the the less durable of the two, especially what we just saw in the DDP fight. And Whitaker, you know, his... His right head kick is a powerful strike of his, but he never really was a guy to like hurt guys with his hands. He wasn't a super heavy puncher uh, throughout his career. He's extremely accurate with his his jab and his one two, uh, but it, I don't think he's necessarily a, a nuclear hitter. Neither is Costa, honestly. I think he, um, you know, knocked out a, a lot of lower level fighters, but I don't think he has some massive power in his hands. But I just think if Costa can come forward and pressure and, you know, string together a lot of strikes, those big body kicks, those straight punches of his, I think it could give Whitaker some trouble. And I just think this line's, this fight's going to play out closer than the line indicates. Um, so I would understand, you know, Whitaker maybe minus 185 here, 65%, but over 70% is a, a bit too too far so costo uh money line is the side and i think i'm gonna end up with a small bet on his money line in addition to the no scorecards but i'm expecting a war here man i think these guys are gonna you know light each other up um these middleweight fights even though when they're wars they do tend to see the full 15 minutes but man i think these guys are gonna stand uh in front of each other and hit each other hard a lot so wouldn't be surprised to see this one end inside the distance uh man just a great fight though an original fight and so ozzy who's who's your pick who is the the late replacement fighter fabian edwards the answer is brendan all in allen is the That's answer not gonna happen. Well, he's in he's in vegas he is 
one of the few guys he hasn't fought outside the top. The 15. fight isn't even in Vegas, bro. Yeah, it's true. Fuck. Well, Vegas and 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 uh, California are real close. Real close. Um, and Bre- Brendan Allen is is in camp. Um, yeah, it's um, but yeah, your your guess of Fabian Edwards not too bad either. So, um, yeah. this fight's happening though. Paulo is not going to pull out. Uh, time for the uh, the whatever they call this fight. Um, uh, middleweight or welterweight division, excuse me. Ian Machado, Gary taking on Jeff Neal. Odds for this one have Gary minus two thirty four, Jeff Neal plus one ninety nine. Um. Man, I've, the fact that they called this guy Machado Gary is just so corny to me. Uh, I'm not a fan of Ian Gary. My boy Coco, big fan of the guy, got a cool picture with him, met him in person, says he's a nice guy. I believe him. Um, however, I don't like this guy. I, I mean, I, I don't think that he his fights are particularly entertaining. And his his confidence and his cockiness is so... I find it annoying the the fact that he kind of just dick eats Conor McGregor's personality uh, is also annoying. I just don't think this guy's anything original, man. I really don't. And uh, you know, Jeff Neal, Hands of Steel, Neal uh, is original, man. This guy, uh, you know, got arrested for drunk driving and then beat up and won a fight against Santiago Ponzinibbio just like a week and a half later or some shit. I mean, you got to be built different to do that. Anyway. Um, my, my side in this fight is Jeff Neal at the plus 200. And I also think that I kind of a similar approach to this last fight where, you know, Whitaker and Costa, I I do think this Neal and Gary fight should go the distance uh, at more often than the odds indicate the odds indicate this fight going the distance at, you know, minus 110. I think, I think they're a good amount higher than that. I would put it closer to minus 150, but a lot of that comes from the fact that I don't think Gary is finishing Jeff Neal. I think that Jeff Neal has absorbed a lot of big strikes in his lifetime, and I don't think Gary's strikes are going to be anything much more powerful. Uh, this is Orthodox versus Southpaw. I think that that is going to benefit Jeff Neal because he's used to fighting more Orthodox fighters, while Gary hasn't fought many Southpaws. He did beat two of them in the UFC. Gabe Green's a switch hitter, so I'm not counting him. But he fought uh, Daniel Rodriguez, head kicked him, and he fought uh, Jordan Williams and finished him with a punch. But Jordan Williams was giving him a lot of trouble, man. Lighting him up with straight punches, busted his nose up in that fight. And I just think that Jeff Neal is the best. I was at that fight. I was at that fight. It was a great one. Jeff Neal is the That's when his girl had on, like, freaking electric tape. That's her outfit. Great. Oh, yeah. See, just from the jump, just annoying. Um. Jeff Neal is the best fighter Ian Gary's ever fought. Now you could you could match it closely with Neil Magny. Neil Magny is a great fighter, but he's he's not dangerous, you know. And that fight, the second that fight started, um, Gary was leg kicking him. He was taking him down. Neil Magny never for one second of that fight posed a threat to Ian Gary. Not not one fucking second. Now that was. Gary did good handling that fight. He passed the litmus test of Neil Magny, which a lot of fighters haven't done, but. I just don't think that that fight is relevant to this one because Jeff Neal is a dangerous motherfucker, man. This guy's hands are potent. His southpaw boxing is hard. He he lit up Vincente Luque and gave him a brain bleed. Vincente Luque said he had a headache and was dizzy for two weeks straight after he fought Jeff Neal. And uh, I believe in this, him. I believe in this, him. Yeah. <laughs> in, in this fight, I just think that Jeff Neal's straight left hand is going to be a problem. I could see it rocking, even really hurting Ian Gary. I think. I think the uh, the the 
what what are the odds on Neil Ko? Okay, well they're actually not they're they're pretty reasonable. Plus three twenty five. I just think Neil Ko is actually very very likely here, man. I, I think that we're gonna see Jeff Neal land that straight left hand and Ian Gary. Um, I just get the feeling this guy isn't super comfortable in in wars in fights where they're actually trading back and forth. And I think Jeff Neal is gonna give him some trouble, man. I think uh, I'm going with Jeff Neal by knockout in this fight. Oh, that boy, your dog. His name is Jeff. That's what you picked, exactly. right? Perfect. Uh, great. Go ahead. Great, Martian. I mean, you took a lot of time there, but yeah, that was good. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, the, I think the the biggest thing here is you saw Neil Magny, bro. Neil Magny, he got lit up with those leg kicks, and he was done, dude. He was finito. Jeff Neal is made of different. He's he's made of different stuff. Look at him in that fight against Wonder Boy, dude. Wonder Boy is like bleeding, and maybe Jeff has a cut. But other than that, dude, I mean, Wonder Boy's hitting him with both his hands. I mean, I think that Wonder Boy had to have like two or three surgeries on his hands after that fight just because they hurt from hitting Jeff Neal. Um, so I think, first of all, it's going to be tough to, to hurt Jeff Neal. It's going to be tougher to get him out of there. And then Jeff Neal is not the kind of guy that the, like cowers in the later rounds. Like he gets better in the later rounds because he starts getting your timing. His left hand is so efficient and so good that later on in the fight, there's no drop-off on that thing. Like, Conor McGregor, he'll hit you like Jose Aldo in the first round. But by the third round, a lot of times, he don't he doesn't really have power or, or the same pace on a lot of the punches. Jeff Neal throws the left hand more later. Look at that combo he hit on Vincente Luque, bro. He hit him with, like, 18 straight uppercuts. You're like, do 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 You're like, what the hell is that? It looked like a video game. And the Shavkat fight as well. You know, uh, Shavkat is trying to, you know, in the third round, th- throwing like rear uppercuts on him. You stupid, bro. Fucking Jeff Neal's going to hit you. W- w- zap you with that left hand. And that being said, uh, Ian Gary might be smart enough to be like, you know, I'm going to circle around. I'm going to throw my body kicks, my teeps. I'm going to work whatever the hell, maybe clinch, grapple a little bit. But if you give me plus 200 on Jeff Neal, I'm going to take it on, against almost any of these guys, especially guys that are going to only mostly kickbox land. So, you know, I like him here in the fight. He's got added motivation. He got his super super ranger uh, outfit on. This is a huge fight for him. If he wins this, this is super big for his career. So these are two dogs. You know, they're going to get at it. I respect Ian Gary's skills, but I think he's going to have to show and mix them up in, in a lot more ways than he has thus far for him to comfortably win this fight against jeffrey neal his name is jeff i like it um uh, something i forgot to mention is i don't see ian having grappling success in this fight man jeff neal did a really good job defending the clinch the takedown attempts of shafkat rachmanov and i know he eventually got finished by sub there but really very little success shafkat had in his grappling attempts in that fight and i don't think gary's going to have success either so i think these guys are going to strike with each other great points you said about getting better as the fight goes on this guy's just an experienced fighter and uh, i think he's gonna you know probably make those reads and make it really really competitive late on i also heard that ian gary doesn't have uh, one training partner that writes with their left hand let alone throws a left cross so take that for what you for what it's worth. Is that true? I don't know about that. Listen, bro. I mean, it's a listen, dude. How, Does he, how, he train did, did anything that was was anything that you said true? I don't know. Does, does he so, train a kill cliff still? Listen, dude, I'm telling you a rumor, and now you're gonna try to go back channel. All right. Fine. I think he does. 
I should keep that. I should keep that information to myself then. But uh, yeah, no, Gary's a loser. I hope this guy. And he doesn't train. He trains. In, he he doesn't train in Coke Club. Okay. Anyway, let's go to the next fight. Cejudo, Marab, bantamweight yep. division odds for this one. Marab minus two twenty two. Cejudo plus one eighty seven. Steady, steady stream of action coming in on Marab. What are you thinking here? What do you think? What what what's the better fight, Marab versus Henry or Costa versus Whitaker? Costa versus fight? Whitaker by a absolute fucking mile. Yeah, you see, that's all I'm saying. You know, no, no. Anyway, so we got Northeast Shoe Box co-captain Marab Davalishvili, um, the machine. Going for his second, I think this would be like his third in a row in former champion B because he beat Marlon Marais. Then he beat, or he had a fight in between them. Yeah, one of, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. Either way, Marab is building his resume. He's got my boy Paul Grant on his resume too. Um, but you're right, he, Aldo, Aldo Jan Sudo. Man, that'd be Aldo, a crazy fucking string. Aldo, Aldo Jan Sudo is, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty tremendous, dude. Um, and uh so yeah so 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 you know what Marab's gonna do bro you know and, and when henry i feel has to come into this fight throwing his jab out there mixing it up with the hands you got to go first with the hands you cannot let marab start the it it, it it's what he, it's what i would call um the uh, conveyor belt that's what he does bro his it, and it's a conveyor belt of like his sequence of what he wants to do to you and if you let him reset the conveyor belt every time Dude, you're probably not gonna beat him because the the advantages that he have has in the positions are just too much for you, and you're probably gonna get tired if you're one Henry Cejudo. So what does he have to do? Get off early with the jab, get the timing, mix in a calf kick or two, and then faint and start ripping those uppercuts, those hooks. Use the clinch and uh, you know try to wear on Marab and land big strikes. He's gonna ha- have to land big strikes. If he doesn't, I just don't see a way he's able to beat this guy, man, because this guy doesn't stop and he's tremendously strong and his wrestling is underrated you know the guys though these georgian guys there's a reason that they take all this stuff so personally because like you know a lot of them are actually really really talented but for some reason they don't end up you know going to whatever uh, committing themselves to an olympic program or whatever it is they gotta help their you know do some do something else um and they feel slighted when they don't have the accolades that Marab now is getting you know, basically in adult age. So, I mean, I think Rob is going to win. I think the steam is good, but I do think you could be, you know, in the split decision, getting effed in the split decision territory when you're laying a quarter more than when it was like at minus 195, 190. So I, I, I would look at this like potentially to go to like a split decision or something like that. And I would look at maybe if you could bet on to win a certain round. And I would just say, for sure, Marab is going to win round two, for sure. Because if he loses round one, he's coming back and he's going to win round two. And if he is dominating early, I think he wins a clear decision. So I think Marab will win. I think he will avoid those big shots of Henry and uh, get off. But I have no, literally zero interest in betting this fight. I would only bet on Marab by decision. That's it. Yeah. Um... I agree. I'm not going to spend too much time going over it, but yeah, I think it's going to be a typical, you know, underwhelming Marab decision. Um, just thinking Suhudo is going to get stuck against the cage. I mean, we saw Aljamain have the the success cage wrestling, and that just is size, man. I mean, Aljo is going up to 145. Suhudo is a former 125er. 
And I just think that the size is actually going to play a factor here. So I think, you know, Rob's going to do his typical thing, you know, just be on the pressure and, uh, you know, nonstop, just spam strikes, get the fight to the cage, attempt a million takedowns. And he's never, ever going to guess. I mean, he can just nonstop attempt shit until it works. And I mean, Marab's honestly like a cheat code for MMA, man. It, like in the in the Jose Aldo fight, nothing happened in that fight. Almost no strikes were landed, no takedowns were achieved. It was just nonstop Marab attempting shit, and he won a unanimous decision because all he did to the judge, he was just active in there. All you have to do to win fights is attempt shit, throw strikes, throw takedown attempts. More often than not, you're going to win, and that's what Marab does best. I don't really think the guy is super entertaining or his skill is that refined, but I mean, he's a cardio machine. He's a freak and he wins fights. And I think that's what he's going to do here. So, uh, not too, not too exciting of a fight. I think the UFC has actually done a pretty horrible job, uh, you know, trying to make these fights interesting. They could have made a, be a better fight with Aldo. They could have made a better fight with Cejudo. Instead, they feed him to Marab to lose a boring decision on an undercard of a pay-per-view. Make no mistake, the UFC hates Marab Dabalashvili. And even if he wins this fight, they ain't giving him a fucking title shot. Marab Let's is go, probably Marab. Let's go, Marab. Marab's Marab. probably never going to fight for the title. No, last fight. Marab, Marab, we're a Marab podcast. I'm a Marab, last, Marab fight on the, last fight on the, uh, the main card. First fight on the main card. Premier Division, Anthony Hernandez, Holman, Copy Law of Odds for this Ooh. one. Hernandez, minus 260, Copy Law, plus 220. A boatload of steam on Anthony Hernandez this past week. He was minus 170, 175 at the start of the week. And that tout action came in on him, forcing him all the way down to a minus 260 favorite. Um, so, you know... This, like what I just said, is completely true. Tout action on this fight. And it's basically, if you like Kopilov in this fight, you're basically betting against like one person. <laughs> like, that's not true. That's not true. No, uh, he's not the only person to bet it, but he originated the 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 steam. So, you know, if one person is wrong about this fight, then Kopilov two twenty is massive value. I just want to say that. Um, but you know, he's probably straight. He's probably on the right track because. Uh, I think Kopilov could knock him out in the first round, but if not, I think it should be a you know typical wrestling pressure clinic from Hernandez, just melting his opponents in their later rounds. I have three bets in this fight: Roman Kopilov round one knockout plus eight fifty, Hernandez round two plus five hundred, Hernandez round three plus seven fifty. I, I mean, it just, it's pretty self-explanatory. I just mentioned it either Kopilov, I think knocks him out in the first round or gets finished in the later two rounds. Let's hope it's not a Hernandez decision. Uh, I guess Kopilov could knock him out in like the first half of the second round, but I don't know, man. I think that if it's not happening in the first round, that means that Hernandez is getting his wrestling going all already. And once that wrestling momentum starts, it ain't going to fucking stop. So I think Hernandez right. is probably going to drown him. So, Martian, this was the other fight that I was talking to you earlier that I was like, oh, there's a fight on this card with that same uh, thing with the opponents. Uh, this is another one. But so, uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the steam did move. I think uh, Hernandez is hanging out in that 175, 185 area. And I, I just feel that, you know, people definitely saw that and, and, and thought they were getting a deal. But I, I, I do speak with some people that definitely do like the Roman Kapilov side. They think that he's improved. Uh, his defensive wrestling from that uh, Dariah fight. And even in that Dariah fight, I have to give him credit. He did not kind of like quit or give up. And he kind of kept, he he really made Dariah work to keep him down and, you know, all those things. 
But I honestly don't think Arayev is a tremendous uh, grappler. Um, and also his physicality, it, I think, also lacks a little bit. Um, so, so And, like, his just ground transitions aren't there. He's strong in some areas, but I don't think it's that similar of a fight. For Hernandez, has fought a lot of really good guys and has shown you literally what you want in, like, a, a, a fighter. No matter the style, you want to know that the guy can wear on his opponents. You want to know that the guy can go for three rounds. And then you want to know that the style that he implements is able to get him a, a finish at some point in the fight. And if it doesn't, it is very dominant. It wins rounds, right? So he's kind of like that triple threat or threat or however many boxes you want to check. The only bad thing is you kind of see sometimes his durability hasn't been great. He's been hurt to the body a few times um, and things like that. He, he sometimes has banana peel uh banana peel uh tendencies where you know you he's like oh man he could get dropped by a punch he could get folded by a kick or whatever and coincidentally this guy roman kapalov is a body puncher uh kicks to the liver i think the last fight he kind of finished friends bitch ass with, with, with body shots um so i think this fight could be hairy he's quick roman is sharp a bit and he does move a uh, okay in the softball air, uh stance but I just feel that he's going to like back up a little bit, you know, too much in this fight. Eventually get tangled up with he's never he's never tangled up with no West Side gangster like uh, like Nadia said, no West Side grappler. And I think the submission grappling will drown him eventually. But, you know, the, the juice is no good right now. But I do think, man, the submission here is an, still again, even though Fluffy has been catching it and finishing, I think the submission here because roman's got a long neck and he's just gonna he, he's gonna try to get up so you know he's I, durable I too he can fucking take i mean durable. Yeah, Dur durable. hit him with like a, a million shots yeah there's a reason that this fight is minus like 260 to end inside the distance so i like uh i, I like fluffy by submission you get a plus 180 here you know plus 160 somewhere around there i i, I like that as a play there if you want action on fluffy without you know laying the the, the 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 juice now yeah and the live bet man i think this is you know live bet as well hopefully hopefully kopilov has a good round one and uh it's gonna move us on to the prelims strawway division amanda limos taking on brazil uh brazil's own mackenzie Dern, and uh the odds for this one have limos minus 135 Dern plus 115 give us your thoughts as the resident mackenzie Dern expert love, love mackenzie um she's back quick here you know last fight it was terrible for her she just it's just like in space she has a hard time like if she's not can I, and i had that same issue you always want to be holding the gi freaking spider lasso all this you know stuff to, to have a connection with the person so you know where they're going to move and i feel she's gonna have an issue here because amanda lemos is one of the more not only like powerful girls but I feel like she also doesn't move like a lot of girls also do. But in that same vein, I, I do think that her technique on the ground isn't great. She's more of a brute force uh, grappler and striker. So, you know, I think a girl like like Mackenzie may, but I always say, oh, Mackenzie could cut through her. Mackenzie could cut through her. Mackenzie could submit her. And then, you know, it doesn't really happen all that much. But I do think that, you know, this is a girl where you get to her neck. If I could pick a submission and be like, submit choke. It'd be it'd be this one, but honestly, on the money line, would probably say that I'd rather uh, bet on Lemos just from their last performances. But 
I honestly, I don't think, I don't like this fight for betting. I don't like it just because Lemos kept getting taken down, but it was by explosive takedowns. But Mackenzie Dern is so committed to just, you know, she used to hang out with Mika Galvao. Mika Galvao is right now, I think, the top of guys where if you're taking him down, if he's getting a hold of you, whatever it happens, dude, you're going to end up in a submission in about three seconds. <laughs> where it might be a leg lock, arm bar, choke. Um, so I think th- this fight could go that way too. If I was picking McKenzie, it's 1,000% finally by submission. So um, that would be the only way I would invest in it, honestly. But I, I, I think I think that Lemos, and another one, just one last take, I think Lemos will have a hard time finishing McKenzie no matter what. She just doesn't have the kind of power that Jessica Andrade has. So mm-hmm. I, I think she'll have a little bit of an issue putting her out clean. I agree. And, uh, you know, my investment on the fight is Dern sub uh, plus 300. I took that earlier and let's see what it's at now. Still 300. So uh, I think that's still good. Uh, just a half unit play on that for me, uh, because if, if Dern's winning the fight, I think it is by submission. You know, I agree with a lot of what Ozzy said, especially that last point with with Lemos finish. Uh, you know, Andrade keeps her feet underneath her and she throws punches a lot more, um, you know, conservatively while Lemos's punches are like, she's kind of flailing forward. And I think that if like Lemos hurts her with a shot, she has a really good chance of getting overzealous and actually leaving herself open for some sort of grappling exchange. And I just think Lemos, man, she's just sloppy. She's, and she's shown such susceptibility to being on bottom and getting that standing arm triangle versus Andrade. And I just feel that, that her grappling is bad enough to where Dern can really make the most of any, any slip, any caught kick, a slip, any opportunity that Dern gets. I think she's prepared to make the most of it and possibly even submit and finish this fight. So, uh, you know, I would say Lemos is probably the better MMA fighter of the two. She's certainly the better striker. She probably has more ways to win the fight. Um, but I still think Dern's going to somehow pull off some sort of grappling position and, and find a sub here. So, um, you know, not a lot of uh, logical analysis on that one for me, but I just think Dern's sub three to one is good for that one. Kind of a similar fight going on next in the heavyweight division uh, with uh, Marcos Hogirio de Lima taking on Justin Taffa de Lima minus 145, Taffa coming back plus 125. So, Delima's way more experienced. He's got, you know, two, three times as many fights. Been in the UFC significantly longer. He is by far the better grappler of the two. He might even be the better striker of the two. The guy is not a bad striker of his own right. Um, and, you know, he's only slightly favored in this fight, though. Only only about 60% because he's 38 years old. He's coming off of getting knocked out by Derek Lewis. Uh, he was on a roll before that fight, you know, had won four of his last five, was getting a, you know, should have been a stylistic layup on a pay-per-view going in uh, on a win streak. He was the minus 190 favorite in that fight. He gets flying, he cloppered, his fucking teeth were falling out after the fight. So really bad knockout for, for DeLima there. And now he's kind of, you know, you know, back to no momentum. He's fighting Justin Taffa on a pay-per-view. Taffa, on the other hand, coming off of a few knockouts in a row on pay-per-views. Knocked out Justin Lane on a pay-per-view, Parker Porter on a pay-per-view. Um, and, you know, this guy is a horrible grappler. But before the UFC, he had just atrocious grappling footage. Yet he's seven or eight fights in the UFC, and he's never been taken down. He hasn't faced many takedown attempts. But, I mean, this guy... 
seriously was like a, a white belt grappler and he made it to the UFC and everyone's thinking, Oh, he's going to get destroyed by grapplers. Well, it's been four years and we've yet to see him in one grappling situation. So hopefully Delima can exploit that and, you know, hit a fucking takedown and make it easy, easy as it should be. Um, but I, I get the feeling that Delima is going to fuck this one up. Delima is going to get caught with the punch and get finished here. Um, but that is not going to stop me from betting on Delima. By sub or by decision at plus 275, which was available on DraftKings. I think it was getting bet a little bit, but uh, I'm just basically fading the KO. They have they have Lima KO at what what, what odds is it? Uh, I'm not seeing it on fucking uh, fight odds for some reason. Oh, okay. It's the we have KO. A solution. We have a solution coming for that, boys and girls. Stay tuned. Interesting. Delima, like on, 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 let's say this is DraftKings, for for instance, Delima KO plus 165 versus sub plus 600. I don't understand that. Um, I think that the finish is much more likely to come on the floor than it is the feet. And if Delima has any fucking IQ, he's going to take this fight to the floor. He's not going to be able to kick the calves. You know, his, his fight against your boy Waldo Acosta was lighting up his calves with calf kicks. And he was able to win the fight that way. Toph is a southpaw. That that calf kick is not going to be as readily available for him in this fight. So hopefully he goes to the takedowns. And we, we get to see Tafa be a white belt on his back like we all know he is. And, you know, hopefully hopefully Delima finds a sub and makes it easy. Uh, but if not, I think he can just grapple his way to a decision victory as well. So Delima, sub or decision for me. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I like this. Uh, I like this fight. We have... Um... We have what the hell is that? That's funny. We have uh, <laughs> um, we got my birthday buddy, Marcus the the Riggio the Lima, Rodrigo. What what is his middle name? Did you did you smoke crack while I was like doing no, my no. my? <laughs> I swear, I swear, I only drank water. Uh, Rodrigo, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But we got my birthday buddy, and then we got my 93 brother in Justin Tapa. So I'm super interested in this fight. Um, when is Junior back? Junior is supposed to be back soon. Yeah, um, he's got a fight. Dude, they're signing everybody's brother, dude. You saw they signed to four years too. <laughs> they have a third brother, bro. I don't think he's an MMA fighter, but Tapa, he looks identical. Yeah. They got four brothers, dude. There's like four of them. He's fighting Carl, Carl Williams, Junior Tafa. Junior Tafa, right. That, that's gonna be a, That's a terrible fight. Um, yeah, but they're son everybody's brother. I, I can't wait to fade to four years, brother. I hope he, I hope they give him some, someone from the Northeast. They should give him like Pookie Nakua or some shit. But yeah, I got the Lima here. Um, sure, I'll keep it short and sweet. If you look at uh Justin Thompson's record, he's never beat anybody who's ever fought to a real game plan. Uh, the Lima for, for his faults does keep his hands high, should be able to absorb or you know, kind of catch a few of those hooks and stuff like that that uh Tafa throws. Mix in the leg kicks, get in tight, take them down. Even if they have to fight in the clinch, he's gone to way more decisions. He has literally three times as many fights. He's fought a guy in Blagoy who I'm not saying Blagoy is like Tafa, but it's kind, it's a little bit slightly similar. And he was able to compete everywhere there. So, you know, I, I laid the minus 140. So. Sounds good. Um, and yeah, what I was talking about KO versus sub, if you look at his record, he has 13 wins by KO and four by sub. So uh, to uh, the layman's eyes, you would think that the KO is more likely, but matchup 
like specific man the, the sub is way more likely so if anybody likes the, the grappling path for delima sub is at plus 600 um which i think uh, how do you say his how do you say his second name bro hojirio hojirio that's like, why that's uh, why that's why they say it with the h because the the r like for people like me I, it was probably my ancestors who right. changed that well yeah you're, used to, like, you're used to rolling your r's hojirio yeah, exactly um, Okay, so next fight is in the uh, bantamweight division. Rinya Nakamata is taken out, taken on Carlos Vera. Odds for this one have Rinya minus fourteen hundred, Vera plus eight hundred. Um, we might have to change his nickname to Rinya North South after that last uh, performance. That was, was an intense sixty-nine performance by him. He's bringing that. He's bringing that position back. Him and Nicky Rod. Uh, just go ahead and give us keep on going here. You're sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, his last fight, I was impressed. He was he showed a submission, like a committed submission game, and a submission game where obviously whoever his coach is, I think it might be Pahumpa, uh, is like, hey, Rinya, like this is what I've seen you like the positions you go into. Try out these things, and he's been able to implement them. Um, Carlos Vera trains around Hall, trains with Tom Lee, I think, and some of these other guys. Don't really know too much about him, honestly. I know he fought, I think, in Fury FC on the regionals, right, and uh, some other stuff. Um, but I, I just don't think the guy's a UFC-level dude, honestly. I don't know why he's here. Um, this is a late replacement, I know. Maybe could he compete, maybe make it to a decision, yeah. But I just think his grappling, uh, specifically the wrestling, is not going to be strong enough. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he will get knocked out. I don't really know, honestly. Um, but I do think it's probably a finish, but I'm not going to be investing. Yeah. Um, Rinya, uh, I think the sub here is a decent look. Um, it's available at three twenty on Unibet. Uh, it was available 400. Some people got it there, uh, all the way down to one ninety five on DK. Uh, honestly, like the, the ITD was at minus 175 uh, on DK uh, a day ago. And I, I took some of that, too, because it, it was getting steamed on other books. It's down to minus 235 on some places. That 175 is still out there. Um, I just think this is a levels fight, man. Vera, no good. Got ran through by Katona on the Contender Series. His takedown defense looked bad there. And I just think that this um, should be a destruction fight for uh, Nakamura. Um, and I think, you know, the wrestling, I mean, Nakamura is going to get absolutely free takedowns, like no resistance on these takedowns whatsoever. Vera has no chance at stopping them. And it's just a matter of how aggressive Rinya is looking for that finish. The last fight um, wasn't very aggressive. You know, he was staying in north-south. He was focusing on control. This might sound stupid, but it honestly looked like he was trying to maybe have the fight go the distance just to get some experience, you know, young fighter. Like Floyd, Ma like Floyd Mayweather versus Connor. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not versus Connor, but yeah. Um, like, I mean, he, was that his first decision? Uh, no, it was his second decision. He had one back, uh, in the regionals, but, um, yeah, I think that that fight, he was like, Oh, my last fight was 30 seconds. I want to, you know, get some cage time, you know, just get a feel for this a little bit more. Hopefully now pay-per-view card, uh, he's going to be looking for a little more aggressive and hopefully he hunts that finish because this is a, a absolute layup of a fight. And, uh, you know, I have a pick. I have a pick. Nakamura round three submission. That was my mm. odds on that are plus seven fifty. I'm gonna. Oh no, six. Oh, twenty eight hundred on one book. Unibet twenty eight hundred. It opened, opened twenty five hundred on Bet Online. I like that. Anything better than like fifteen? 
That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm in. Um, I'm, in. I'm in for that. You know, wear them like, out, wear them out, and then choke them out. Naka, wear them out. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, I bet that I bet that on Fanduel it's a very good price as well. It's probably not even up on Fanduel yet. Probably not even up. Um. No. No. It's up. Let's see. Uh, twenty three hundred on there. Lit. I'm in. Let's go ride with that, boys. We hit that Peyton Talbot. What was that? That was like fifteen to one. Well, how much was twelve? Just for any time sub twelve. Yeah. Any time sub. Let's hit this one. All right, next fight. What do we got? Like the sound of that. Uh, next fight is a a banger. Light heavyweight division. Ming Yang Zhang taking on uh, Brenson Ribeiro. Ribeiro. Odds for this one have Big Bang Zhang minus one twenty with uh, Ribeiro coming back plus one hundred. Uh, I'm on Zhang here. I bet him slightly worse price. Uh, minus one twenty one. Um, you know, just watching that Tokos fight. Uh, man, this guy looked really good. You know, I thought his his offensive striking, his um, composure in there, his eye for the fight. He was throwing left hooks to the body. He was throwing elbows to the head. Those two strikes, and along with front kicks, some of my favorite strikes in MMA. Anybody who throws body punches and elbows, I'm going to fuck with them because they're just so underutilized. You know, the body punches take the opponent's gas out. The elbows slice opponent's faces up. And I just think this guy is, you know, very offensively gifted. And Ribeiro, on the other hand, uh, started his career as a, uh, a grappler, you know, has been was subbing most of his opponents. His last fight in the contender series, he was a four to one dog against a guy who was allegedly some, you know, tremendous striker. And, you know, he beat him up and knocked him out. Um, you know, and his striking looked much improved there. But I just think that guy Lopes was, was no good, was getting, you know, severely overvalued. Um, and, you know, Ribeiro made it look good. But I think that, that that last fight is playing into this line a lot. They're thinking, oh, this guy just won as some big 400 dog. He He's better than he is. While I think Zhang's uh, performance over Tacos was was much better. Kind of the same story. They're both 400 dogs in their last fight. And they both destroyed their opponents for knockouts in round one. And, and Zhang's knockout over that guy, Tacos, was one of the, the scariest fucking knockouts I've ever seen. Um, so, um both have that been was, knocked that, out. That was past. early. That was early in the morning for you. The, the sun oh, yeah. Out. Three in the scared? morning. Yeah. The land scared? of the rising, the land of the rising sun. The sun is always out. Um, yeah. He hasn't fought though since then. It's almost, almost two years for that one. Uh, he has been knocked. He got knocked out by Oshkar Mozarov back in the day. Um, but, you know, hasn't oh. been knocked out in six years while Ribeiro got knocked out in back to back fights just two years ago. Um, so I think that Ribeiro is a little lower level. I think Zhang is a, you know, freak athlete at the age of 26. Um, and he's gonna, you know, outstrike and knock out Ribeiro here. So I like Zhang on the money line. Yeah. So, uh, personally, I'd say I like Zhang as well. Um, you know, it's been definitely, like you said, two way action on, on, on this fight, uh, in, in both directions at multiple different prices, right? So people have taken it, you know, almost down to that even money uh on the uh Hibero side but that means there been there's people taking i think i think at the height it was like plus like 125 area and i definitely understood it there you know this guy definitely has a long reach so he has a pretty interesting frame for the division i would say but he's pretty thin um but he's got kind of got that wiry strength um you know his ground game is interesting to me um but he's been put in some troubling spots in multiple different fights so it is hard to get a read on him, but I don't think he's a total bum. And I do think it's been a, actually a narrative in the in the whole fight card. 
But I think he barreled by submission here. Potentially, there is a little bit of potential because that's my biggest uh, hang up with Zhang. Potentially, is if this fight hits the ground, I think it's very bad for him. If it doesn't hit the ground, I actually feel pretty good about him overall. Um, because I think he's got a better chin. I think that his strike selection is uh definitely better, and I think he has a bit more power on the feet. But his ground game definitely really does scare me. So I'm glad that I didn't bet it early because I do think I will maybe take a piece of the money line at some point and and then as well pair that with a little bit of Hebrew by submission. And I think that's a okay position to have on the fight. I think that's I, th- I think that'll turn out all right for me, but you know, famous last words. What do you think about yeah. Hebrew by submission though? Oh yeah. I mean if he gets on top, it's gonna be a fucking problem. Yeah, um, and it's oh, like five to one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's five six to one. one. Six to one. Yeah, um, really yeah, no, that's a problem. I wouldn't I wouldn't knock any plays on that. Um but I think Rubiero's wrestling is no good. There was a lot of fights I was watching of his where he was going back and forth and oh, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I mean he's had a lot of fights too. He's had a lot of fights. Yeah. Um and someone who has moving on to, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, right. I know. Interesting, like uh yeah, interesting the contender series difference. You know, some guys get on, don't get signed until they have 20 fights. Some get on when there are five or six fights. So, uh, welterweight division, Josh Quinlan's um, taking on Danny Barlow. Odds for this one have Barlow minus 212, Quinlan plus 182. Weird fight, man. I'm interested to hear if you have any conviction here. I just mentioned the reach on Hibero. Another guy here, really long reach. We got 6'2 middleweight, or uh, excuse me, welterweight, 80-inch uh, reach. Young guy in Barlow came into the contender. I think there were there was two way action on that fight as well. I think there was like a story about how those guys uh, train together, um, and some stuff like that. But you know, Barlow looks talented overall. He he looks like, um, you know, dangerous on the feet. But I I think this would will be an interesting fight to potentially play live because um, Quinlan he's a strange guy. Obviously, we mentioned that he popped for some steroids, some anabolics. Not too long ago, um, you know, was in that Trey Waters fight. I think maybe on the little, excuse me, short notice and definitely underperformed here. Could be a bounce back spot, but it is a dangerous fight. So I, I do potentially see how this fight maybe could drag on a little bit longer just because both guys will respect, you know, the other's athleticism, you know, uh, physical abilities and, and, and the power and stuff like that. Or it could be a quick one like like a, a few fights that, that both guys have had. But I'm personally leaning a little bit more towards the over at the one and a half. Um, and, and I think that would be the only pick that I'm very comfortable with on the fight. Um, but that's definitely the way I would be leaning. And obviously with that, I, I, I would be interested a little bit in the fight to go the distance. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm intent, inclined to agree. Um, you know, one of those... One of those podcasts where we're not going head to head on any sides. So, uh, you know, I, I know the listeners want to hear us get the banter going and disagree on stuff, but I think we're seeing things pretty eye to eye this week. Over one and a half to play for me uh, to win one unit because I I, th- I see these guys as similar fighters where they have a lot of knockouts on the record and they do land big when they connect, but they have a lot of time in between those big lands. And I think them fighting each other, they're going to show each other some more respect. I think Barlow, uh, you know, he, he got a knockout in 90 seconds in his last fight. I think he's going to know that this isn't going to be as easy of a fight as that. Um, I think, uh, I think Quinlan is, is fairly durable. 
I don't really know as much about uh, um, Barlow's durability. I don't think we've really seen it tested as much. Um, but if you watch his one fight in CFFC against uh, Dustin DePuma, it's just a slower, uh, more methodical fight. It's like a 15-minute, uh, you know, medium-paced fight. And I think that's more of the, the speed of a fighter that Barlow was on instead of just getting these quick knockouts. I know he's coming off a few quick knockouts, but I don't think that's a very, you know, conclusive um picture of the fighter if he is and i think these guys are going to respect each other's power they're going to trade strikes in the feet i don't think we'll see much grappling um but if we do i think it will be on quinlan's side because I, which one of barlow's fights he gets out grappled and looks pretty bad uh i think it is that Dabuma fight um maybe another one as well uh maybe that gill fight but I, I don't i have a feeling that barlow is a bad grappler so uh maybe quinlan comes in with the right game plan but I'm on the over one and a half there. Next fight, uh, welterweight division, Val Woodburn taking on Oban Elliott. Odds for this one, Oban minus 308, Woodburn plus 258. Uh, Woodburn dropping down to 170 here. Never fought at 170 before. Has fought at 205, 185. Obviously came in and got destroyed by Bo Nickel. Took one for the team there. Um, and you know, Oban, uh, I think this guy is like a generalist. I think he's, you know, decent at everything and not really good at anything. Uh, and I think that, you know, he should be better than Woodburn everywhere. I think Woodburn, I'm not even convinced this guy trains MMA. I'm really not. I think this guy just does like some bench presses and, you know, shows up to the fight and is like, let's throw some fucking hands, uh, because his fights are sloppy. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. This guy would fucking snap me in half. But uh, I mean, he's he's five foot eight. Uh, your boy, uh, the Dominican Jose Johnson is six foot and fighting at 125. And this guy was five, eight fighting at light heavyweight. That's fucking in incredible. And Oban's pretty big for 170. He's got to be six, one, six, two or something, right? Six yeah, foot. He's got, like a, he's so, got a hog on him, yeah. I think Oban will win the fight just by being, you know, more experienced and being able to mix it up. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm on the under here, man. I'm on under two and a half minus 150. I just think that if Woodburn wins, I think it has to be a knockout. He's not good enough to win rounds and win a decision. Uh, and I think there's a good chance that Oban, you know, drowns Val late here. Cause I just, I just think Val is not a real fighter, man. He's a, he's a role player. And I think Oban will probably finish him here in the second round. What are you thinking? Don't got a lot for you guys here on this one. Uh, uh, Oban Cash, I think he was the underdog in his first his UFC fight, in Thunder fight. I don't fucking remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I think these guys are mix it up, but I, I feel Val's probably gonna gas, and Oban, he he's got a good cardio. He's got a chin on him. He trains the Jack Shores dad, so he's tough. Oh, it was he, he, yeah, he was the underdog. He wasn't a huge underdog. I think he had to come back. He had like 10 aided in the round. Oban did? No, he lost yeah. the second round. He he won the yeah, first he round. Got nearly, killed. Yeah, he almost got nearly killed. got finished in the second one. Yeah. Um, but a big difference, man. I mean, he's fought like I mean, you no know, contender uh, cage warriors isn't like a great promotion, but they've got some solid guys over there. And he's gotten through some of those guys, like you know, Sheeran, Matt Bonner. Um <laughs> Matt Bonner. <laughs> Matt Bonner's a tough out, bro. He, he's a he's he's like the epitome of a British journeyman. Um, Matt Bonner. <laughs> Matt Bonner is not bad, bro. He's not bad. Is it's he bad? So funny they have a Bonner. No, no, he's not. Oh, is he bad or is he dead? He said bad. Bro, bro, he's, he's Matt Bonner, bro. That's what he is. He's, he's he's the litmus test of Cage Warriors. If you beat Matt Bonner, you're going to the UFC. And Oban did that. Um. All right, last fight on the card, first fight on the card. 
uh, women's flyweight division. Andrea Lee taking on Miranda Maverick. Maverick is the favorite in this one, minus 185. Andrea Lee coming back plus 160. Uh, I think Maverick <laughs> is the better grappler of the two. I think if she ends up on top, she's going to do more. She actually throws ground and pound. She knows how to solidify position, keep it, and you know maybe attempt a submission here and there. Andrea Lee gets on top a lot. However, her top game sucks. She does not throw ground and pound. Her jujitsu control is not good enough to really keep women down. We've seen that time and time again. And Andrea Lee has been taken down an absurd amount of times in the UFC. I think it's like 19 times or something like that uh, across like maybe 10 fights. Um, Hardy took her down. Evans took her down twice. De La Rosa took her down five times. Wood took her down twice. Murphy twice. Roxanne four times. I mean, seriously. Viviana took her down. Barbara took her down. Cynthia Calvillo took her down. She's been taken down in almost every single one of her. Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly took her down. Oh, yeah. He took her downtown. Um, But I just think that, uh, you know, Lee's going to get the better of it on the feet, but I think they're going to tangle up. They're going to end up on the ground. Maverick's going to get the better half of it. And Maverick will probably win a decision. I think Andrea should be decent enough to fend off a finish, but it will hit the scorecards and be a Maverick 30-27. So I think that money line's about right. And what are you thinking here? Um, yeah, you know, I've been considering this fight a few different times this week because I do want to, I always want to play Andrea Lee. I mean, I kidding myself. Always on the back of Andrea Lee. Always want to take the underdog in women's MMA. You know, but I, obviously you highlighted a lot of good points. The wrestling weakness for Andrea Lee. Um, Maverick has been competing in jujitsu, like brown belt tournaments, you know, no gi and stuff like that. So she's definitely been working on her ground game and her grappling. Um, and it doesn't take, you know, a, that big of an improvement to then just be like way above most of the girls in the UFC. And the issue for Andrea Lee has usually been where um the way that she wins is uh she's like technically good everywhere. So she's able to just compete in all the positions and like out hustle you a little bit. And the fights where she can't out hustle you are the ones where she loses, right? Like versus Viviani and you know all the the all the other ones that you mentioned. So I mean, I'm just not in the business, as always. I'm not laying juice on either of these women. I would never, ever, never. Um, but Andre Lee is also 13 and 8. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, like, you know, I, I need her to get back into the winning, winning column. She's lost three fights in a row. I am not going down a fourth time in a row. Dude. And I won big I- on the Cynthia Calvillo fight. I'm just not doing it on this one. So I'm I remember that. I'll Strong probably. conviction there. Huge. Strong conviction there. Huge. But at um, least you always get dog money on Andre Lee, except for versus Viviani. But I'm just not right. doing it. I'm not doing it. All right. That's enough about that for this card. I have my three picks for the FMK segment. Lay them they on me, are... They're all around the same price. I like Dargan in that. So we're first one, we're starting it off. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez submission at plus 180. Next one, Jeffrey Hands of Steel money line plus 199. Last but not least, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky decision plus 240. Oh, good, good, good. Neil God Club, Volk decision. All right, so I'm gonna ki- I'm gonna fuck. I'm f- I'm gonna fuck. The fluffy submission line. I love the fluffy submission line. It, it, it just brings me great joy as any good fuck 
does for someone. It gives me, brings me great joy that when I see him locking up these submissions, arming guillotines, all these other, good, you know, all this other good stuff. I'm going to kill. Fucks, sometimes fucks are more about pain than enjoyment. That's true. I try to avoid those. You know, now at this age where I'm at, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say, like, I'm, I look to yeah. avoid that. Um, for you, you know, maybe you got a few more years. Now, especially, you know, <laughs> the type of women you're interested in, well, your body type uh, might break you in half. Uh, I'm going to marry, I'm going to kill the Volkanovsky decision line. Although I like it, I'd rather, if I'm going to bet on that fight, i kind of rather bet the money line just because I want to see the tears of the Toporia backers. And then I'm going to marry the third one, Jeff Neal. I just love Jeff Neal this week, man. It's just, I feel this big edge here um, with that left hand, with the southpaw power. All right, now let's go, let's come back at you, Martian. So first one I'm going to give you is Marab by decision. Okay, we're at minus 135 on DraftKings. All right, number two, I'm giving you Zhang on the money line, minus 120. And then number three, lastly, take, uh, um, let's take Mackenzie Dern for you. Mackenzie Dern, uh, or yeah, Mackenzie Dern at plus 115. Mm. Fuck Mary Kill. Interesting Fuck ones. Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Okay, I've got it. So I'm going to marry Big Bang Zhang. I've yes. already got a bet on him to win uh, one and a half units, so I've already invested in that one. I like that one. Marrying, That's what we need. We need Ukrainian, Ukrainian Chinese. That's what we need. Eurasia. Yes. Um, Take it over. Then we will be going with uh, the Georgian madman as the fuck. Um, dude, imagine imagine Marab fucking a chick, dude. He would literally fuck her for... There would be no end. It would, there would be no end. He definitely seems like one of those guys who was like, "Oh, I can't come from women. I have to go do it myself." Uh, but I'll fuck you for ninety minutes straight. Anyway, right. last right. but not least, we're killing Mackenzie Dern because she's the money line's no good. Take this up, kill the. Do money you line. think? Do you think you could kill Mackenzie Dern if you had to? Yeah. No. No chance. Right. No way. Barehanded or what? Yeah, doll barehanded with glove with fucking um, gloves on, dude. You think you could no, take her out? No, I wouldn't. Humble, I would beat be her humble. by decision. No, humble, no, I wouldn't kill her. I would beat her by decision. No, I mean, yeah. like, you guys are locked in a room. Oh. She's submitting you. She's, she's No, no, she wouldn't, she wouldn't take me down, dude. She can't wrestle. She would literally, like, MNR either, like, scissor take down you. That would be tough. No, if she did like if she pulled guard, I would I would probably ah eh, no I would I would I would light her shit up soccer with elbows. Kick, soccer kickers and Yeah, it would, her, a, her, it would be a it would be a you turn her into be, a brown. Maybe you could turn her into a brown belt pretty quick with a few elbows. It would be a it would be a closely lined fight, but I think I would win by decision. There's no decision, Martian. What don't you understand about this? Then I would have to yeah I would have to kill her. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's all I wanted to hear. She, all right, she couldn't handle these listening, fists. guys. Thanks for there you go. Guys. Yep. Um, you're welcome on the Super Bowl winner, Chiefs. Both oh, of our Chiefs easy, endorsement. Easy. Um, if you were in, if you were in, in my Discord, no, I'm joking. It's like a Discord that is just invitation only. Who said? What do we say at halftime? Heavy Chiefs. Heavy. You heavy. said whale play. Whale play plus five and a half. Heavy. Um, heavy. Heavy. That was good. That was good there. Um, all right. Well, ho- thanks for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights. Enjoy the pay-per-view. Win some bets. We will see you all next week. We still got about seven or eight weeks of UFC in a row left. So we'll see you all before then. Peace out, everyone. Have a good weekend.